Welcome to church. There's a showward assembly, an exciting congregation of God's people, under the pastoral care of Dr. Dennis Eng and his amiable wife, Pastor I.T. Our mission is to raise champions who are passionate for God, winning in life and changing the world. Our vision is to be a growing community of worshippers and ministers from every tribe and tongue, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Showward, raising champions. The title of my teaching this morning, Making a Difference. God has created every one of us to make a difference. Wherever you are, you have what it takes to make a difference. God has also saved you and planted you in this church or wherever he's planted you to make a difference. You need to live a life that makes a difference. And that is when you live a life that is beyond you. That contributes to the blessing of other people. Contributes to the advancement of the kingdom of God on earth. That is why my prayer this morning as I teach the word of God. Is that God will help you. Grant you every grace you need. To make a difference wherever you are. I didn't hear a good amen. amen. Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 10. Then Jesus said to Satan. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. The devil took Jesus to the highest heights and showed him the kingdoms of the world and said to him, if you bow down to worship me, I will give you all of this. And then Jesus replied him, away with you, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. What I want to bring out from that scripture is that there is a connection between worship and service. You cannot worship God and not serve him. Serving God is an imperative for every worshiper. If you are worshiping God then you must serve him also. Because service is an expression of worship. Service is an expression of your devotion. Service is an expression of your commitment to God. So if you indeed are a worshiper of God, then service must come easily, cheaply. It's an imperative. You don't need anybody to force you to do it, to sweet talk you into it. You need to be committed to service. So Jesus said you will worship the Lord and him only you will serve. If you're not serving God, then your worship is not complete. If you're not serving God, your worship is fake. You're not serving God, your worship is not total. Because worship is expressed in service. In service. Let me say to you also that serving God is a privilege. Anybody who is serving a great man feels privileged to do so. 
That is why political appointees, people that are appointed into the court of kings and royalties, they feel so privileged to serve there. Have you not seen people do Thanksgiving service because they were appointed special assistant? Sometimes special assistant to the special assistant. And they give testimony about it because service at that realm is a privilege. What about serving the God that made the heavens and the God that made the earth? The God that holds life in his hands, determines times and seasons. There is none greater than our God. So it's a privilege to serve him. What about the fact that God does not even need anything from us? And yet he gives you the privilege to be blessed by him. So serving God is a privilege. That's why we need to celebrate, welcome every opportunity to serve. We should be excited that God has counted us worthy to offer him an atom of service. That what, serving God is not only a privilege, serving God is also a responsibility. It's a responsibility. People that do nothing, if you find someone is a, in a household, is not doing anything, not contributing to the running of the home, does not do anything of significance in the home, the person must be a child. All that children do is to eat and eat more. All that a child cares about is what is to his advantage. But you get to a point where you grow to the age of responsibility and people begin to look up to you. You begin to take responsibility for what happens where you are. You know fully well that if things are not in the right places, you have yourself to blame. You're not looking for anybody else to blame. That's what responsibility is all about. So when you find people who go to a church and they do nothing only to sit down, cross your legs to be blessed, they are still babies. They are doing that because they are children. They have not yet become responsible. Responsibility is a product of growth and development. That's why a child grows to become an adult and becomes more responsible. You're born again as a child of God, but you grow into sonship. And that is an age of responsibility. You must come to a point that you take responsibility for what happens in the kingdom of God and what happens around you. So I am saying that serving God is not only a privilege, it's a responsibility. So when you come to church, you're not looking for what to criticize. You're taking responsibility. When you come to God, to church, you're not looking for what is wrong to point at. You're taking responsibility to fix it. Is somebody here? And it's got nothing to do with how you feel. Whether you woke up on the left side or on the right side of your bed, it's immaterial. Whether you're happy or sad, it's immaterial. People that are irresponsible manufacture excuses to skip responsibility. They don't want to do it and they have excuses for it. Yesterday we were here for meetings. First of all, we had a leadership meeting and then we had a pastor's meeting. On Saturday, 
I had gotten to know that Pastor Rita was not feeling very well. Come, please come. Let me preach with you a little. Clap for her for me. This girl is a typical church girl. Sold out to the kingdom of God. And I'm so, so glad that she married the right husband. No matter the fire burning in her spirit, if she married the wrong husband, it will be quenched. But married someone that carries his own fire. So fire joins to fire. And we don't need fire service. Are you with me? So, I got to know she was not feeling well. She even had to go to hospital to get treated. By yesterday morning, she was still feeling somehow. By the time she attended the meeting, and she had every reason not to attend. I already had shown her understanding, but she came to the meeting. Her face still squeezed. A lot of discomfort, but responsibility will not allow her to stay back. When we finished the meeting, I thought she had gone. Only to hear that the choir was rehearsing. Then I called my wife and asked, who is leading the choir? I know the choir master is not there. And then I got to hear that Pastor Rita was seated there leading the choir. I went to pass by the place and I saw her with my two eyes. And she was. The people in the choir might not have known what I knew. She was leading the choir. She could have gone back. Some people don't even have pain. They manufacture it. Thank you, ma'am. Clap for her. Responsibility. Are you still here? It's raining, but I must be in choir practice. Because of responsibility. It's raining, but I must be in church because of responsibility. It's not about how I feel. It's my sense of responsibility. So I'm saying to you, people of God, that service, serving God is not just a privilege, but it's also a responsibility. But that's not all. Serving God is also an investment. It's also what? An investment. And there is no in better investment than an investment in the kingdom of God. Because the dividends don't fail. The stock exchange may crash. But the reward system in our kingdom abides forever. What God has said, he is able to bring it to pass. Sister Victoria quoted that scripture. You will serve me. And I will bless your food and your water. I will take sickness away from you. None of you shall be barren or cast your young. The number of your days I will fulfill. I, oh come on. There can't be a better promise. Everything you do in the kingdom of God is an investment. Is an investment. Whether it is an investment of time. An investment of your talent and skill. An investment of your money. You can never lose. But some people don't know that. So they think they are wasting their time. They are wasting their efforts. You are not. 
It's an investment. How do you serve God? With what do you serve God? I got born again in 1979. My understanding was really that the reason God saves you is so that you can serve him. And I do hope that you have that mindset that the reason you're saved is because God has an assignment for you. You're saved to serve. Can you say, I am saved to serve? Can you say it again, I am saved to serve? That's a good mindset. That's also the mindset that got me walking. Immediately I got saved. I got saved. I did not go to Bible school. I immediately joined the service of the Lord in church. Now when I say in church, it was just a fellowship of young people. I started writing tracts with my own hands. Started sharing them everywhere I could go. Started going out on dawn evangelism, on follow up. Started joining the prayer meetings. Why? Because I understood that service was central to my salvation. But a lot of people do not know that. So they wasted their lives away. Today I pray that God will grant you understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus. I was not looking for what to serve God with. Because I understood I had it already. God is not asking for what you don't have. Did you hear what I just said? God is not asking you to serve him with what you don't have. He's not asking you to serve him with what you will need to go look for or borrow from anybody. There is nothing you need to serve God with that he has not given you already. Is somebody here? Let me begin with what I call the basic foundation of service unto God. For you to serve God acceptably, you must begin by serving him with your body. Serve him by offering your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says that is your first and reasonable, that is your primary service. If you do not offer your body unto God as a holy vessel, your service will not be acceptable. In the Old Testament, everyone that needed to serve God was consecrated. He was devoted unto God. And that is demanded today. Consecration is demanded today. Consecration is a separation from the world. Every contamination, every sin, every defilement so that God will accept your service. Exodus chapter 40, holy garment on Aaron so that he will minister to me as a priest. Without that holy garment... He will be burning strange fires. And those who did got killed in the presence of God. Romans chapter 13 verse 14. Here Paul is writing to the church again. And he said put on the Lord Jesus. So our holy garment today. Is not to go to the toilet and make any special garment. It is to allow ourselves to be enveloped by Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus. 
and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Let your flesh be swallowed up by the person of Jesus so that you can live for him. When your flesh is swallowed up, you're lost in Christ Jesus. That is consecration. Can someone say hallelujah? Beloved, the Bible says there are many vessels in a, a household, some unto honor and some unto dishonor. Scripture says if you cleanse your own vessel, you will be a vessel unto honor, meet for the master's use. When you want to serve a big man, you go to look for the best vessels. Beloved, that's where to begin. Consecrating your body unto God as a living sacrifice. Holy, set aside, separated. That is your first and your reasonable service. Can someone say I hear that? And everyone can do that. And everyone should do that. Number two is that you serve God with your time. And everyone has got time. Don't let anybody tell you I don't have time. You have time for what you love. You have time for what you care about. And if you, if you love the Lord, you must be able to make time for him. You must make time for him. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. And Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him. That they might be with him. Your service to God begins with your presence. Begins with your presence. That's why when we leave our homes and we are coming to church, we say we are going for service. It doesn't mean that you'll be coming to do anything necessarily, but that you're sitting in the presence of God already is an act of service. Every time you sit in the presence of God, it's service unto him. And here the Bible says, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. Beloved, it is your availability that determines your deployment. They were to be with him and they will deploy them. He cannot deploy a man he does not see. Jesus cannot send a woman he does not see. If you're not available, then your place will be taken by another. Jesus said, if these ones, they don't do what they ought to do, they're not singing Hosanna, blessed is it that comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. He says, even the stones will cry out. Beloved, may you not be replaced because of your not being available. Be available. Because your deployment depends on your availability. Some people are too busy. But 
please listen to this. If you cannot give God your time, then you can't claim to have given him your life because your life is measured in time. That's why you say I'm 30 years old. I'm 50 years old. Because time is the measure of your life. If you cannot have time to go for God, then you don't you, you can't you have can't claim that you have given him your life. Is somebody still here? Is somebody hearing me? <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Number three, you can serve him with your talent and with your skill. Whatever you know to do, whether it comes naturally to you by birth or it is a skill you develop, you can use it in service of the master. Remember how some servants were given talents, right? Let's for a moment just not think about money. Let's think about talents. Some were able to use, but one person dug the earth and hid the talent. When the master came on the day of reckoning, what did he do? He took the talent from him and gave to the man that had turned ten. And said to those that have more will be given. And to those who do not have. Permit me to say who claim they don't have. Even that which they have will be taken away from them. Beloved. A talent you do not use. You will lose. If you don't use it. Let me, let me illustrate it to you very naturally. And for you to understand. If you learn a new language. And you don't make use of it. Very soon you will not be able to speak it. Can someone relate with that? You won't be able to speak it again. Can I say to you that even the one you have spoken. If you stop speaking it. Shut your mouth. And you don't speak it over a long period of time. When you begin to speak it. You'll be speaking the ones that don't line up. You would have forgotten it. If you learn a skill. And you don't make use of it. You will lose it. There were people that were very skillful in football. They've not played for a long time now. Put them on the field, they'll mess up. They won't be able to dribble again. They won't be able to do it again because they've lost the touch. If No matter how well you sing, if you neglect to sing, you leave singing. When you come back to it, you disgrace yourself. You may find out that you can't sing on key again. What you do not use you will lose. Pastor Rita did mention in the first service and let me take that scripture. Saul had an evil spirit after the spirit of God had left him. And they were looking for a man that will come and play on the instrument in the court of the king. And they said, if they play this thing, the evil spirit will leave the king. And truly, someone said, I know of such a man, very skillful, wonderful man. They brought him and he played and the evil spirit was left the king. But how did he get that? In the wilderness, he was playing. It was something that came probably naturally to him, but he had also honed it with practice until the day they introduced him to the court of the king. 
it was from that ministry, permit me to say, that deliverance came to the king. Do you know, it might be from your own ministry, from your own gifting, from your own special ability that deliverance will come to someone. So don't hold it. Allow yourself to give of what God has given to you so that others will be blessed also. Can somebody say hallelujah? If the earthly king was looking for a man to play, our king is also looking for a man to play. And is looking for you. I pray that may you be located. May you give yourself to the service of the king. Can somebody say the good amen? amen. Jesus called Peter, called his brother, called James and John. What did he say to them? Come and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, that thing you're doing in the natural, I will help you to do it in the spiritual. There are many of us that are, we know how to, just like they knew how to fish. And Jesus said, come, I'm going to make that your skill relevant in the kingdom of God. I don't know what it is that you can do. Give it to God and you will make a difference in God's kingdom. Can someone say hallelujah? hallelujah. But you can also serve God with your spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are abilities that you are not born with. They are abilities you don't learn, but they come to you by the Spirit of God. When a child of God is filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in his fullness in your life. And that Holy Spirit has diverse gifts. That's why they are called gifts of the Holy Spirit. Whether it is prophecy, whether it is speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, the working of miracles, and all manner of gifts, they are the property of the Holy Ghost. When it gets to spiritual gifts, you don't learn it. For example, you don't learn to prophesy. If it is a gift, you prophesy. You then learn to interpret tongues. There is no school for interpretation of tongues. If it comes, there is an unction that comes upon you and you do it. But you know, while we can relate with prophecy, with tongues, with interpretation of tongues, but those are not the only spiritual gifts. Let me read that for you. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Those are not the only ones. Let me point your, your attention to some of the other ones. Having their gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Next verse. Or ministry, let us use in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. Next. Look at this. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Beloved, all these are spiritual endowments. You know how to exhort, give a word that lifts up the spirit of another? That is fantastic. That comes by the spirit of God. Giving itself is a spiritual endowment. Leading. He who leads. So you can have the gift of leading or the gift of administration. Deploy it. Can someone say hallelujah? hallelujah. So beloved, 
You can serve God with spiritual endowments just like you can serve God with natural endowments. And whatever you have, whatever you can do will make a difference in the kingdom of God and will make a difference in Shawwood Assembly. Whether you learn it, whether you were born with it, whether it is a spiritual ability, please don't sit on it. Please don't let it waste. Give it to the Lord for the service of his kingdom. Can someone say hallelujah? Finally, you can serve God with your money. You can serve God with your money. Luke chapter 8. Let me read from verse 1. You can serve God with your money. Some people may not have time enough some people may not be able to deploy their skill enough. But I'm glad that God is amazing. If you do not have one, he compensates you by giving you more of another. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him, doing ministry with him and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. And Johanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. The King James Version says, who ministered to him, so giving of your resources to the Lord for ministry, also is an expression of ministry. It's an expression of service. So you can serve God with your money. Everybody may not sing in the choir. Everybody may not be an usher. But some will be used by God to pay the bills. Beloved, every church that will do well needs People that serve as finance ministers. As those who will minister in their finances with their money. Let me submit to you that a lot in church cannot be done with tithes and offerings. It will require men and women who feel called of God to fund the gospel with their money. And that is as important a ministry as any other. You may not see those people. As a matter of fact, when people are writing important checks, they will not blow their trumpet. You may not know that those are people that are the movers and shakers of the church, but they are behind the scene writing the checks that pay the bills. And I pray that will be you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I love what Sister Esther said. She said you can join the sanitation team even with your own money. In other words, you can be a member of that team, but you may not have time to come on Saturday, but you buy the mops that they use. You may not have time to come on Saturday, but you buy the detergent. You may not have time to come on Saturday, but you buy the implements. You're a member of that team the day they call, you're there. 
But when you don't have the time, you can deploy your finances to serve. Some can take an interest in the children's church. I may not know how to teach children, but I'm interested in the development of children. What equipment do you need? I'll provide. I'm interested in the children's church. I'm going to buy their biscuit. It should not be that every pure water, they run to church. Every small thing, they want chalk. It must be church. Some people should stand and say, I'm going to provide the chalk they use. That is a service unto God. Beloved, let's understand that when we deploy our finances to any area of ministry, is a service unto God. You see anything that is not okay in church and you say, I'm going to provide. A lot of people rather will pick holes and criticize rather than provide. Oh, sound is not good. Oh, why have they not bought a mixer? What are you doing? You can buy it. I want to have a time in this church that I will find people buy things as an expression of ministry when they are not asked to. Nobody's asking them. We have used this small camera. Somebody can get up and say, I want to buy a better camera. I want better pictures. And nobody needs to force you to do it. You can go to the market and price it and just say, Pastor, this is the one I want to buy. Is it okay? Glory to God. We are building. It's money that is needed. It's good to go and pray there. Fantastic. But when we are finished praying, please bring the money because prayer alone will not bring the blocks. Bring the money. Write the checks. That is a ministry. That is a service to God. We have two platforms in this church that are primarily about serving God with money. One is called El Shaddai Team. And that team is dedicated to helping the poor and the needy. That, teams, that team pays hospital bills for those who are sick. We help people that have challenges, you know, immediate some challenges that we can help in. And it is made up of people that contribute maybe 2,000, 1,000, 5,000 every month. And they belong to El Shaddai team. We have another team that is called EPH. Everyday people advancing the gospel everywhere. It's a missionary body. It's for those who can contribute at least 10,000 naira every month towards the advancement of the gospel. Some are contributing up to 100,000 every month. That's another platform. The only thing is that because these are not activity teams, I don't encourage people to only belong to those teams. Sister Yinka leads El Shaddai team, but she also sings in the choir. So if you're in El Shaddai team, please look for another activity team. Are you with me? If you're in ePage, look for another activity team. Don't tell me I'm in ePage. ePage is fantastic. Financial platform, but you might need another team. Is somebody hearing what I'm teaching? But please listen. I have said you can serve God first with your body. You serve God with your time. Serve God with your talent. Serve God with your spiritual gifts. And then finally, I want to see you serve God with your money. And every money you spend in advancing the kingdom of God is not wasted. It's an investment. Whether it is with time, whether it is with your talent, with your skill, 
the God that says when you serve, he will bless you, will also bless you. Jesus said any man that, that serves me will follow me. That where I am, there he will also be. And of course, anyone that serves me, him will my father honor. Because you're serving God, honor will locate you. I said honor will locate you. Blessings will locate you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The enemy will not touch your health because of your service unto God. You will not be barren. You will not cast your young because of your service unto God. Long life shall be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Stand on your feet and let's pray. Sure Word Assembly is a Bible teaching ministry operating at different locations. Every Sunday by 9 a.m., we experience supernatural encounter with God as we worship Him and drink from the fountain of His Word. Every Thursday, we meet at 6 p.m. for teaching, prayer, and breaking of bread. If you need a church that will equip you to grow in the faith, empower you to succeed in life, and give you a platform to serve the Lord, Welcome to Shoreward Assembly. To learn more about us, visit shorewordassembly.org. Remember, with God, all things are possible. So expect a miracle today. And when you're coming for the next service, bring a friend along. Shoreward, raising champions. Shoreward Assembly is a Bible teaching ministry operating at different locations. Every Sunday by 9 a.m., we experience supernatural encounter with God as we worship Him and drink from the fountain of His Word. Every Thursday, we meet at 6 p.m. for teaching, prayer, and breaking of bread. If you need a church that will equip you to grow in the faith, empower you to succeed in life, and give you a platform to serve the Lord, Welcome to Shoreward Assembly. To learn more about us, visit shorewordassembly.org. Remember, with God, all things are possible. So expect a miracle today. And when you're coming for the next service, bring a friend along. Shoreward, raising champions.